0: this episode of the prairie track and field podcast is brought to you by cdc run if you're anything like me you've left your christmas shopping until the very last minute it's not too late though if you want to hit the ground running you better head to sdr do you get it hit the ground running find trainers of all sizes brands and fun colorways new spikes for the upcoming track season all the running apparel you could ever dream of chicken leg shorts Garmin watches the list just keeps going and going sunglasses, recovery tools, you name it, they've probably got it. You can find all these great things and a whole lot more at Cedic Run located in downtown Grand Forks. And remember, shop online or call the store and they'll ship you exactly what you need. Don't wait. On this episode of the podcast, Cam and I had the pleasure of interviewing Munir Isahak. Munir is from Fargo. He went to Fargo South High School uh, and has just an incredible story off the track. He grew up in Sudan, uh, lived in a refugee camp in Kenya for several years before he and his family were able to come to the United States. Since that moment, running has been uh, a big foundation in his life, and he picked it up in high school as a couple of friends told him that he should join the team. And from there, he has just absolutely flourished. He went on to Concordia, where he was an All-American in cross country in 2021. He set seven school records during his time as a cobber, which is just, unfathomable when you really think about it and the range at which he set them to uh, is just going to be crazy for you to hear but the coolest part is despite graduating in 2022 Munir has kept at it and he is still running running for a, a club in the upper midwest called lake effect which has some team members from Fargo and Duluth and most recently he raced at the USATF club cross country championships and took fifth place and those club cross championships have always been a pretty Historical meet. There's been a lot of good runners individually and a lot of good teams, like Tin Man Elite, who spiked up and taking the course. And so to do that is very, very impressive. And we were so excited to see that result for Veneer. And he's been one we've wanted on, on the podcast for a very, very long time. And it just made sense with such a great result to get him on the show finally. So we're super excited for that. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your social media interactions with us, for telling your friends about the podcast. We love what we do and it's been another great year of getting the word about North Dakota track and field and cross country out there. So continue to support us in all those ways. If you want to support us in another way and you are still looking for some Christmas gifts, there is an announcement coming on merch very soon. Look at our social medias for that. We're really excited. So uh, I'll just leave that little teaser there, Uh, but enough about us. Let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson,
1: And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail.
0: And we are super excited today because we are finally crossing a check mark next to Munir Isahak's name. Munir has been a guest that we've wanted on the show for so long, and we're finally making it happen. The reason that we have him on now is because he is fresh off a fifth place finish at USATF Club Cross Country Championships. He had a phenomenal race, finished in fifth place in his 10K debut on the cross-country course, ran 31.27, which if you're not familiar, that's super, super fast. Uh, And he was running for the Lake Effect track team, the Lake Effect Athletics Club, to be specific, and they took 14th as a team. So super excited to have him on. So, Munir, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. I'm glad to be on the podcast finally, but I'm glad
0: to be here. Dude, it's been a long time coming because, I mean, you've already been out of school for a little bit. We've wanted you on several times when you're running for Concordia, but it just never really lined up. And yeah, it's it's super good to have you here.
2: Yeah. No, thank you.
1: Munir, I think something kind of special about you too. I mean, obviously, I think people who listen to the podcast will be or at least should be familiar with your, your track times and your cross-country times and your PRs and stuff like that. But going all the way back even to high school, uh, there was something special uh that I just remember about uh the the connections that you were able to make with other guys from other schools. I feel like I remember uh maybe I was I'd probably started college at this point, but I would see high school teammates of mine or people I knew from high school, whenever they would post about uh meet day or whatever, it always seemed like you were in everybody's post because everyone was like, oh man, that's that's my that's my boy Munir. I got to get him in, in the picture for, you know, for, for the gram or whatever. Uh, so my first question with that, um, like the social aspect of, of running, like what, what does that, what does that mean to you? It's kind of, it's kind of a weird place to start, I think, but, um, yeah, uh, let, let's start with that.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're you're right. I feel like um, the friendship that comes with running, I think, is the most important thing that keeps me going. And just the people I meet along the way and the connections we form, just, you know, seeing how everyone progresses. Yeah, I think that's a big part of why I like running.
1: When I was in high school, I, the grade, the couple of grades above me did a pretty good job of connecting with like other um other teams and other athletes from other teams and it felt like the couple grades below me so like your grade uh did a pretty good job of connecting and stuff like that but for whatever reason i always felt like i i don't know i was too focused on my own stuff or i i wanted to hate my rivals too bad to to really have like good connections uh sticking kind of with the high school theme what what was it that allowed you to to connect with other people or like like why was that that so important for you?
2: Um, I think just the sport itself. I know you have to put a lot of work into cross-country and running generally, you know. And I just respect everyone who is preparing and putting all the work to come and compete. And just being there at the same time with them and competing against them. Um just gives me that, you know. That instinct of like, of, you know, being close to them and connecting with them as much as I can and just respecting them the way they, you know, respect me and look out to me. Yeah. So Munir, you're quite a bit younger than Cam and
0: I are. We graduated in 2014. And let's see, did you graduate 2017, 2018? Yep. 2017, yeah. 2017 from Fargo South. Okay. So I'm going to actually ask Cam a question here. Cam, what is your first memory of Munir? Or the first time, like you heard of him or watched him race.
1: Oh man, I, I mean, like, like I said, like every everybody was just like, oh, that's that group of, group of athletes from that team, you know. So, I just always remember, uh, like the the Fargo South guys, just always seeming like like a really tight knit group, uh it seemed like the core of their like talent was like Munir's age. So it was like, Oh man, that's that young, like talented, really, really hardworking, motivated, like Fargo South group. Uh, it was probably more so like racing against like Muhend. I think he was, he was uh, maybe only one grade off of mine, but then it was also uh, hearing stories from uh, like Andrew at Carlson and, He would just always say, like, oh man, the Fargo South guys, they they keep keep coming up to me and saying, Hey man, I'm gonna break your record. I'm gonna break your school record, or you know, like, can I can I come run for you in college? Just like stuff like that. So um uh to like summarize, I just say it was like uh you guys uh Munir, you and your teammates at Fargo South seem to like enjoy running more than more than anybody else I'd met, I took it way too seriously in high school.
2: <laughs> yeah i I think I think we did enjoy it a lot more, uh, yeah. which made it fun for me. Like just mm-hmm. having that group and you know doing the four by four and the four by eight and mile just made it fun for me.
0: I was gonna say it was that four by eight group because your senior year you guys were crushing the four by eight, and. I have this article pulled up. I'm going to show it on the screen. Maybe you'll remember it. Uh, Probably the lighting's terrible, but it was uh, this one here. Do you remember this article?
2: Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, I do.
0: Yep. So like, you couldn't read the title of it. It The glare was too much, but it said they used to run to save their own lives. Now they're trying to run Fargo South to a state title. And I remember reading that. So I would have been a sophomore in college and I was just completely moved by that article. Like it was it was so amazing to to hear your story and like the stories of, you know, Muhan like Cam mentioned and Titus and Menka and how you guys were running for so much greater. So I don't know if you could maybe just if, and if you're willing, if you're not, that's fine too. But uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Cause this article is like, you know, we take for granted, you know, not being refugees here in the States, but your story is absolutely incredible. But like, Maybe could you just summarize a little bit about how you ended up in the
2: States? Yeah, yeah, no, I I can do that. Um, Originally, I was born in Sudan. Um, I grew up there for probably the first seven years of my life. And then from there, um, with conflicts and, you know, fighting and all that happening in Sudan, uh, we had to move. And so we were lucky enough to move to Kenya where there was a, a refugee center. And that's why I spent my next, six to seven years there. Um, And then we went through a process and we got relocated here to the States. And so
0: did you go to Fargo right away? Because I know sometimes you get sent to the States from different camps around the world and like you do a lot of moving around initially when you get to the States, but did you end up in Fargo
2: right away? Yep, yep. We just landed here in September, 2013, I think, if I remember exactly. And in October, I started you know school at Fargo South.
0: Dang! So this was like your ten-year reunion, kind of. It is. Wow. Did, did you do anything to kind of celebrate that or acknowledge that?
2: I I did acknowledge it, but I didn't do anything too special.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, when you come here from a different country, you know, there's obviously so much to learn. But what drew you to track and cross country? Was it like one specific person, or did you know that when you got here, you wanted to be part of a team, or? What led you to being part of Fargo South's cross-country and track teams?
2: Um, I think um, Mohen, Mink, and Titus were probably my biggest influence. Um, They were on the soccer team, and that's why I started, you know, doing sports in high school. Uh, I did soccer for two years, and then they would do soccer in the spring and then do, you know, cross-country and track in the fall and spring. So I had to just, you know, do what they were doing. Um, I did soccer for two years and then they, you know, convinced me to join the cross country team in the fall and try it out. And so I did try it out my sophomore or my junior year. And yeah, that's how I got into it. And it just took off from there.
1: Did you have kind of any knowledge of training or what cross country or distance running was before you joined the team?
2: No, not really. Um, Everything I learned was from them. And just by going to practice my first year, I had no knowledge or anything, just by going there.
1: So was it uh, was it love at, at first run with cross country? or Was it I mean, we talked about the social aspect, you know, to start the podcast off, but uh, was it mostly just the social aspect that kept you going at it right away?
2: I think, yeah, that's half of it. And the other half was just the running part. I think I enjoyed, I fell in love with it right away. You know, me growing up playing soccer a lot, you know, running was kind of into me, you know, it's in my DNA somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting that opportunity to run longer and faster, I think made the process easy. transition from like soccer to cross country and running.
0: And I'm sure at some point, you know, you you get convinced to go out to cross country and track by your friends and, you know, it's, it's for the social aspect, but at what point did you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this.
2: Uh, I would say my junior year, um, at the state meet, I, I think I was 12 at the state meet. Um, yeah. After that summer, my coach sat down with me and talked to me about either, doing soccer or cross country because I used to do soccer practice in the morning and then I would do cross country practice in the afternoon and so I did that for a few weeks and my body was just not having it and so after that talk um, I said okay I'll just focus on cross country then after that my times kept improving.
1: I feel like you you kind of hear that a lot the the soccer connection for a lot of people is kind of their first introduction to to cross country and and you really start to see people kind of excel once they uh drop drop soccer off. I I, I want to say like Aaron, Aaron Teshuk played soccer growing up. I know I played soccer in high school too. Um but it it is it is kind of a cool thing, like especially especially in like the US and Canada, like soccer is not that big to begin with. Um so it is kind of interesting that you get so many people who find their way in soccer right away and then they transition to to track and cross country right But, uh going back Munir, just a little bit to when like you first came uh to fargo was wh- what were your first thoughts of being in the u.s was it just kind of a relief that you maybe you know felt that you're going to have some some stability or was it yeah, just just tell us kind of what what the first thoughts were. You know, you land in America, you're in Fargo, North Dakota, and winter is coming.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we were here just yeah. on time. Um, I would say I was I was relieved. Yeah. Um, even when we were going through the whole process, we knew coming here would give us a better chance of you know good education and a good life, and just landing here and knowing that I made it just yeah made everything uh feel good yeah i think
1: uh, i think ryan and i are both gonna kind of keep like asking questions about this as we go on because I, I just really think that people don't know or there it's it's hard for them to realize maybe how much uh how challenging it is to make that transition and how much work uh you had to do to like get to where you are so uh and i don't i don't want to speak for you maybe maybe it was easy maybe you're just like the goat and it was like super easy for you but uh was it, like, language barrier was like was that something did you have to learn english like stuff like that
2: yeah it definitely was um i mean going back to sudan um we only spoke arabic there and once i moved to kenya i had to start learning you know english or swahili which is the main language in Kenya. And so I had to like drop Arabic, you know, for a while. And then I had to pick up Swahili and English to be able to, you know, communicate there in Kenya. Um, I think that made it easier for me uh, before coming here to the States. I had some English. Um, I went to school there for a few years learning English. But even with the English there, uh, moving here was definitely a challenge um, to just get accumulated and, get used to the accent you know at least yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was a challenge for a while
0: because i mean like out of all the places you could end up in the states like you end up in fargo where you know we're so used to everyone if you travel they say oh you must be from canada like you know we definitely have a, a little bit of an accent to us so yeah what what besides the language what else is like the most difficult in your transition
2: um i would say food that was the biggest thing too the food different uh, was, uh, was big. Um, I'm used to eating, you know, freshly cooked foods um, coming here, you know, everything is in the fridge. That was a yeah. big difference for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing was the weather, um, you know, there it's usually 70 degrees or 80 degrees. And then coming here, it's 10 degrees, you know, <laughs> that made a lot of difference to me. Yeah.
1: It's uh, and it, Munir, I mean, we've known each other for, for a while and it's, I don't, I don't think I've ever, you know, just in general in running and, you know, with life circumstances and stuff, uh, you're, you gotta be one of the most like humble and, uh, what's the word for like least complaining. Like, like you just never seem to, to complain, uh, a little tangent story or jumping ahead to the, to the college years a little bit. Uh, you remember we were going to wisconsin this is the year that i was helping coach at concordia uh we were going to wisconsin and and we get to the get to the course uh a couple hours early and uh you know a couple people are walking around the course and just kind of loosening their legs before we gotta you know warm up and the other teams show up and stuff and Munir is just like slumped against the bus just kind of like bent over and you know we go up to him, hey money like you doing all right, man? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I threw up a couple times on the bus, but I think I'll be okay. And then me, <laughs> and Matt, me and Maddie are like, Wait, what? Like, are you okay? Like, are you sick? Like what? I think this is still like, it's like coming off of like COVID and stuff too. So we're like trying to be super cautious about like, you know, how everybody's feeling and we don't want, you know, to get other people on the team or other teams sick and stuff like that. And, but you were just like, you know, the whole time, so steady. And you're just like, I'll just, I'll see how I feel. You know, we're like, okay, well, like, don't push it is like early season meat. Like we can, you know, we knew you were fit. So it's like, we want to keep you, keep you healthy for, for the rest of the season. But, you know, you just kept pushing, you know, or not even pushing. You just, you just rolled with it. He said, Oh, I'll warm up. I'll, I'll see how I feel when I warm up. And, and he warmed up and you came back and you still did not look, you didn't look, quite yourself money and uh we're like hey are you gonna you gonna race well i'll go to the line i'll i'll see what happens okay well you know just maybe take it you know take it easy don't do as many strats uh on the line and then it's like okay money how how's it going well i'll start the race i'll see i'll see how it goes and i think you ended up getting like fifth place in the race and ran like a massive yeah. pr you're in like you're on like 25 minutes for 8k or something like that and we we're just like oh my Oh my gosh, this guy's going to have an incredible season if he just ran like that. But the point of that, you know, just, you know, even, you know, you've had so many, so many reasons, you know, in your life to, to maybe where you could just like, you know, hang it up or, you know, just say like, well, I've been dealt such a hard hand. Like I'm, I'm the victim here, but I've never felt that way. Never, never once got that from you. And, uh, you know just like no there's no question attached to this it's just something that I feel like if if people don't know you uh they should know how how honorable and um uh yeah resilient you are um so yeah yeah, yeah. thank you yeah Ryan you we, wanna you want to segue us yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I absolutely will but I think that's uh, very true moonir like it it shows just in all your interactions so I'm glad cam touched on that Uh, My last thing that I want to bring up is I pulled up some of your state meet results from your senior season. And, you know, in the mile, there were 23 guys that year. And you took, let's see, I had to hear, you took 18th. You ran 441 as a senior, which like fast, but, you know, not screaming that this guy's eventually going to be an All-American. Um, And then especially like the two-mile you didn't get a time what happened in the 2 mile your senior year at the state meet
2: yeah um i guess um we were running the 4 by 8 that first day and uh-huh. i got tripped in the 4 by 8 and i pulled my quad muscle before the mile and then i didn't even end up running the 2 mile i think something was my leg happened during the 4 by 8 i think but yeah that's what happened at the state meet Mm. Yeah. So just like I said, decent
0: times, but like tell us a little bit about, because at what point did you know you were going to Concordia? Had you already, by the state meet your senior year, had you already decided that's where you were going to go?
2: No, I, I decided, I think sometime in July, like way after everything was done, uh-huh. but um, I did apply to, you know, NDSU, MSUM and Concordia and I wanted to keep my option closed and yeah um, I didn't want to go out of you know out of state but I did keep my options open to those three schools and I decided like in July I think and what was the deciding factor
0: for Concordia what drew you to the Cobbers versus being a Dragon or a Bison
2: Um, I think the coaching um, I don't know if you know Garrick um, he's the head coach I Used to see him at every meet, like my senior year, he would show up at every meet and he would say, Good job, Munir. Um, he would always talk to me about the race and how it went and everything. And I think that just, you know, gave him that, you know, that upper hand, I think, at the end.
0: Yeah, Garrick is, and can you coach with him, so you could probably yeah. attest better. But like, same way, like I've seen him all the time at so many meets over the years and always has just the biggest smile on his face.
1: Yeah. It's a uh, very, very consistent, very persistent uh, coach, and yeah, kind of. I I feel like you're when you're in track long enough. There's there's tons of those types of guys and, and girls where it's just like, oh yeah, I know they're they're like comfort people. Oh, I know I'm going to see that person at the track meet, and I know they're gonna you know give me some sort of encouragement or something like that. So yeah, that's I mean that's a that's a great reason to. To choose a choose a school and choose a program um coming out of high school munir and thinking about training in college and stuff um 1500 800 i know like when you first started in college that was kind of the focus and you know if anybody doesn't know spoilers but you know by the end it was more 5k you know 10k um Tell just about how, like, throughout college you you found your event.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think 1500 and 800 is stuck out to me because of the 4 by 8 and the mile. You know, I used to do the 4 by 8 the 4 by 4 sometimes, and the mile. So, you know, everyone in high school is like, yeah, I have speed. You know, I'm an 800 runner. Yeah. So yeah. um, my first year, you know, with Garrick, we, we just decided we'll try out the 1500 and the 800. And yeah, we, we did that for a year and I started having issues with my leg, my sophomore year, um, took some downtime, then came back, uh, started doing 1500 training again. Um, and then we had coaching switch. Uh, we went from yeah. Garrick to Laura. I don't know if you know Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Laura it was more of a 800-1500 training. Um, so that just made it easy for me um, to keep going with that training. Um, I was with Laura for two years and then we had another coaching switch from Laura to Madi and you, and that's when I, you know, got to expand my horizon and export new events. So your, your real like breakout
1: year though, uh, that would have been the second year with Laura. Yeah, I would think. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and I, I don't have like the the results in front of me right here, but I mean we saw just kind of walk us through that season. I'll I'll let you I'll let you tell the tell the highlights.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the whole season, but um the biggest things I can remember are um, me um running the fifteen hundred and the eight hundred at conference, um ER-ing in both events. Um, running 154, I think, in the final of the 800. And then I think I took fifths in the 1500. And then that indoor season, we ran um, a DMR record um, during the indoor season. Um, I was the anchor, so I ran the mile. And then that was also the first time I broke uh, 420 in the mile, like twice in that one season.
1: Yeah, I think just at the time like the talk on the on the NDSU team was like you know everybody knew who you were we knew like we, we could see like that you had talent and and had the ability and and when you finally had that season of like sub 420 and uh especially the double I, I remember that sticking out to me really uh that was like the major thing it's like oh he ran this in the 800 and this in the 15 you know and uh, Mayak is a pretty like short window of time that you have to run those races i'm like oh yeah munir munir is he's here man like he he's found something and he is just like rolling now so i i remember being super pumped uh to to see you finally have because you know all throughout college i felt like it was just building just like waiting for for those sorts of races to happen um And, and I feel like you see that a lot with a lot of athletes, you know, you see them put in the work, you see them, you know, train and, and, uh, you see their, their commitment and their dedication, but the results don't always follow. Uh, but then when they finally do, when it finally happens on the day, uh, it's like, I I think a lot of people get excited for, for the success of that athlete. And then it's also kind of like, I knew your next season, you know, was coming. I knew I knew it was going to be uh, just only up from there, so.
0: So Munir, I'm I pulled up your T first page while Cam was talking, and so 2020, right before you know COVID took over the world, at the Mayak Indoor Championships, you took third in the 1000. You ran 2:31. You also took third on the DMR team, and then you took sixth in the mile. Now clearly that season got shortened. Uh, but did you feel like had it kept going, like that would have been your breakout season? Or did you feel like you really benefited from that whole year of kind of, you know, being a little bit more low-key training and then gearing up for for 2021?
2: I think, yeah, at the end of that indoor season, I think I was coming into shape. I think if we had an outdoor season, that might have been my season. Um, just running those times, I think. They were pretty close, like Cam was saying. Um, I think I had like an hour between the mile and the DMR. And then I came back the next day, I did the 1K.
0: Yeah. And then coming into 2021, and this was the year I remember Cam and I had so much fun on this podcast talking about you. And I don't know how many times I posted about you, like so many race results and all American and conference champion, but that was the year that you went off because you won the Mayak cross country championships. Let's let's talk about that first. I want to just hear about your first individual conference title and what that meant to you.
2: Yeah. Um I mean that was the best thing that happened to me I think that season. Um you know coming into the season. I didn't know what my season was going to look like. We know with Maddie coming in as a new coach but we put in the work over the season and we talked about, you know, what it's going to take to be, you know, in the top five or top three. And I just trusted the process. And, you know, when the day came, I executed the race. Do you remember that race? Like
0: how it played out?
2: Yeah, I think I do. Um, you know, when the race, you know, when the race started, you when know, the gun went off, um, there was a guy from Carlton, you know, we knew he was a favorite twin, but you know, you don't know until, you know, the race happens, but he took off right away, you know, put a gap between us, you know, the chase pack, And I was, you know, probably sitting in fifth or sixth at that time. Um, he led the race, you know, we were just chasing him for like 2k. Um, I made my move between 2k and 3k. I caught up to him. So it was just me and him for the next, you know, 3k. Um, I just stayed with him. We're, you know, changing leads back and forth, you know, for, you know, over two miles or, you know, just about two miles. Um, and then at the 6K mark, I think there was a hill. I knew um, going up that hill and then down it, that was my best chance to like run away from him. And so before the hill, I made a move. I looked back, he didn't respond. I made another move. I looked back, he didn't respond. I was like, okay, I just got to get up to the hill and down. And I did that. And then by the time he came out to the open, I looked back, I couldn't see him. I was like, okay, I just got to push for a mile from here. And then, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't even believe it. You know, I was coming through the second field. I was looking back. I was like, oh no, the finish is right there and he's coming. But, you know, I looked at the finish line and I just kept pushing up the hill and crossed the finish line.
1: It's a little, it's a little poetic. Your, your biggest, you know, victory up to that point in your running career. Uh, but you were finished on a soccer field, uh, where it all kind (laughs) of started for you. So kind of, kind of cool. I, uh, and the way you tell that story, Munir, it's like, it seems like you didn't feel like you had it, you know, had the win until you crossed the finish line. I remember being like, you know, from like 2k out, I was like, Oh man, he just absolutely destroyed this guy. He's got it. Nobody's catching him it was uh man it was it was incredible uh definitely yeah Ryan thinking back to like that season i think following you munir that was like the highlight one of the one of the major highlights of, of like following cross country that fall was uh every single race It was like oh munir pr munir pr munir you know top finish um so i want i want to you know hear it from you the rest of the season so MiAC, so for for those who don't know D3, so myAC is uh, the conference with all like the the Minnesota D3 schools, one of the best, I'd say one of the best conferences in the nation, one of the most competitive conferences in the nation. Uh, most of the time has multiple team qualifiers for the national championships and cross country. Uh, so to win that really puts you kind of in in a category of one of the best runners, individual runners in the nation. Um this year that that you won MIAC there was a a change in the regional alignment is that right that was the first year Yep so this year heading to regionals it was basically the the MIAC schools so all the Minnesota D3 schools and the and the WIAC schools all the Wisconsin D3 schools which also happens to be one of the top con- conferences <laughs> in the nation um so basically, a clash of two states, uh, two two conferences that you know regularly send you know multiple teams to the to the national meet. When I talked to you during the season, you always seemed like you kept your your expectations um, reasonably. You know, I'd say, "Oh man, you know, money." I, I think you got a chance to. to to qualify for nationals you know especially after that conference race and you you would always say something like oh yeah well we'll see you know we'll we'll just go out there and do it is that actually what was going on in your head or were were you just saying that just to not like get too excited
2: I mean I I do I do set expectations that you know I was in my reach you know Um, and with racing you never know until you go out there and race so yeah I usually say We'll see, you know, depending on the day and the race. But I like to, you know, have goals that I can reach at any moment, but also set goals that are higher.
1: Right. So, so what, what were the goals that you weren't saying to, to myself or to the rest of the team going into the region meet?
2: Um, I mean, I think everyone knew, you know, you and Maddie knew that I wanted to be all region that was the goal that I said out loud. Um, and then making it to nationals, you know, that was the goal that I had in my mind, but we were not sure if it was going to happen or not. But I knew having a chance of being an all region meant I could have been, you know, a qualifier for the national meet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the, <clears throat> the complex part about cross country, especially when, you know, you're, you're approaching like individual goals. I mean, you see this in every division, D1, D2, D three. Uh, the individual qualifiers depend really a lot on uh what teams qualify. Um, so because of the strength of, of the region that you guys were in, we knew that you know it could maybe be as low as maybe like 20th place or something could could be an individual uh qualifier for nationals, but obviously you don't wanna it's tough. It is, it is tough to like set goals. Cause you don't want to like set your goal Like, oh, well I want to be, I want to qualify for nationals by getting 20th. And then some team, some other team has like a bad race and then you, you don't get in cause they don't qualify or something like that. So it's, you know, honestly, your, your mental approach to like setting goals for that race is probably like really, really healthy because it, it keeps very present. The fact that you can only control what you can control and that's your race. So um back to back to your race, the region race. Uh a little it it, the travel weekend was not as smooth as we wanted it to be. I you remember everything that happened, Money?
2: I think yeah. I I have flashbacks of what happened. (laughs) You and Maddie getting sick.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we were like it was, you know, on the tails of of COVID and and each each conference kind of was governing COVID, you know, based on how they thought was the best way to keep everybody, you know, uh, from getting sick and and to mitigate risk as much as possible. Anyway, we were out to we were out to eat, and and Maddie gets a call from a friend that her friend had gotten COVID that she was just with last weekend. So now she was like uh, a close contact or how whatever they used to call it back then. And so she immediately, you know, removes herself from the team and then goes and, uh, you know, gets tested. And, and I'm just, I'm just there to like, tell people they're doing a good job. You know, I, I, as like a, as a, like an assistant coach, I, I didn't really want a lot of responsibility. Maddie wrote all the training. I was just there for like support, but it's like Maddie's texting me and she's like, Hey, this is what you got to do to get the team ready. This is like, here are their bibs, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, but anyway, she tests positive for COVID, and so then since like I had sat next to her on the bus, now I was a close contact for for COVID. Anyway, long story short, the team, the Concordia Cobras team, has no coaches <laughs> 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 going into the region meet. Munir is having the the season of his life, you know, and and we're, we just send him on the bus to the meet, and like the rules that you know we had. Like I couldn't even be at the race. Maddie couldn't be at the race. Like we couldn't even social distance and and stuff like that. So uh, how did you long build up to the question? How did you handle that adversity? How did you stay calm uh, going into the biggest race of of the season that year?
2: Yeah, I think that meet was, you know, the biggest meet, like you said. um, And it was probably the most challenging meet for me, you know, given the fact that you and Maggie were not there and it was cold, you know, yeah, yeah. on top of that. Um, but, you know, me and the seniors, you know, we worked together, made sure everyone was there, you know, where they needed to be at the right time. Um, but, you know, I did my normal routine, you know, liked my videos, listened to my music, um, kept an eye out for everyone that, you know, needed something or needed help finding something. But I did my routine, you know, we did our team warm up and everything and race as usual.
1: So, okay. So what is the routine? You saying that just made me, you know, wonder what's the, what are the videos or the music that you watch before every race? Is it the same every time?
2: Yeah, it's usually about the same, but I I usually watch like uh, funny YouTube videos. I just go there, you know, my earbuds in, you know, make myself (laughs) laugh for like an hour or so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, take a nap if I have to, but usually just watch my videos and then go do my warm up. Yeah,
1: I I will say, Munir, that was that was one thing that was so impressive to me about the the Cabre team that weekend. It it did not seem like you guys missed a beat. You know, both your coaches go down. You know, you're in a at a course that you've never really been at. You know, at the biggest meet, most competition. You know and it, it just really seemed like you said like the seniors stepped up i know a lot of the the athletes on the team who uh weren't racing that day had traveled on their own to come to the race and they stepped up and kind of just facilitated any you know like needs that the the racing athletes had and it was just it was, it was extremely mature and uh just something that that i found uh really really impressive so um okay Walk us through the race then. Region race money. Uh what happens?
2: Yeah. Um well to begin the race, you know, it was 30 degrees, felt like 27, and me and Cole, you know, don't go hand in hand. So I had my gloves, my hat, my long sleeve, you know, gun goes off. Um, I placed myself in the top, you know, top 15. You know, that was the goal, you know, mm-hmm. top 15 or region, and then hopefully give myself a shot to be, you know, my um, qualifier. but um, the race went out. Um, I was with the, you know, the top 15 for about, you know, three miles, you know, at the 5k mark, and that's when, you know, the race started, you know, spread out. Um, I fell off, you know, from 15 back to 20s, I think, um, from 5k to 7k, I would say, um, and then um, I just kept pushing and pushing, you know, as the race went on. But I did push and came back at the end of the race, you know, from 20s and then I ended up finishing in 14s. Yeah,
1: punched the ticket to nationals, as they say. Yeah. The uh the the last little anecdote of of myself on that day that I'll add is, um, basically while your race was going on, I. I was trying to get like a rental car cause they weren't even going to let me ride the team bus back home. Um, and so I finally get the rental car, you know, I'm not, not supposed to go to the meet, but I'm gonna follow the the plan was to like follow the bus home just in case anything like seriously went wrong. Um, but I, I just, I couldn't help myself. I had to, I had to go and at least watch some of the race and I was, but I was so afraid of like getting caught and, not not for myself, but I was like, if I get caught violating these like rules, what if they were to like disqualify the team or something like that? Um, so, but but I wanted I wanted to watch you uh, so bad, and so I I went to a porta potty and I locked myself in a porta potty. And I watched as much of the race as I could through the slits <laughs> in the porta potty. So wow. I, I saw you. I saw you finish money from from the from a peephole basically in the porta potty. And wow. then you know after the race, I like walked out of the of uh, the porta potty to go back to my car, and I see the team and just kind of like a you know one of those like uh, cliche like sports movies from like the 90s where there's like a like a. A ghost of the of the coach past who motivated the person. You know, mm-hmm. I get out of the porta potty. I see like the the team like huddled there. They see me, and I just go like, psh, and then I walk like, away. <laughs> I just like <laughs> salute them, like I wave at them from like two hundred yeah. yards away, and then yeah. I just disappear into the distance. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this episode right now that think that they are the biggest cross country fans, but none of yeah, them have watched a race yeah. from a porta potty. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Some next level of commitment.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it was cold that day though. So, I mean, not going to lie, the porta potty was kind of warm. So, it was kind of, yeah.
2: you know, whatever.
1: Oh uh, gosh. <laughs> okay,
0: uh, let's Let's yeah, go,
1: go ahead, Ryan. You...
0: We'll wrap this cross-country season up, but Munir, you take 21st at the NCAA championship meet. One of my favorite photos is you're eating like this huge bowl of ice cream afterwards. It's just like a, a legendary picture. But I guess just tell me, you know, we don't have to walk through the whole race, but what did it mean for you to finally accomplish the goal of being an All-American? Uh,
2: think It meant everything for me, you know. From my freshman year to finishing up my season as a senior, um, that was one goal that I had in my mind every year at the beginning of the season. It's like, is this my year to be an All-American, you know? And finally accomplishing that meant, yes, I can, and I did.
0: Now, did you, like, throughout your college career, like, did you stay in touch with all those guys from Fargo South, like Menka and Titus and those guys?
2: Yeah, we did for a while. Um, Minka and Titus—they went to Valley City. You know, they were in track and cross country there. Um, mm-hmm. But once they graduated, you know, we, we we're still keeping together, but not not as much. Did uh,
0: when you earned that All American status, did they like reach out and congratulate you?
2: Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, they did.
0: Yeah, just to like think about where your journey started to you know. Getting that that honor, like there's not that many people that get to say that they're all Americans and something that's pretty special.
1: Yeah. So from cross country that all American title, you go to track, indoor, outdoor. uh, You set you know numerous Concordia school records. So many Um, school records. Many of many of them. You got them pulled up, Ryan.
0: I'll I'll try. I'll work on it while you keep talking.
1: uh, Many of them uh formerly held by tom cedarquist uh your current teammate and founder of lake effect um just briefly uh what did it mean to kind of you know really like write your name really like st- just like burn your name you know and just like dominate your name uh into <laughs> into the record books
2: uh at concordia uh that it meant everything to me i think um just the work that I put in, um, seeing it pay off, I think that was probably the most important thing to me. And just changing the history, you know, changing the school record, that's also a big part of you know the story. Yeah. I got the
0: the records pulled up. So it was seven now. records. Seven records that you set. So indoors you set or excuse it might have been six records. Uh so you had Indoor Mile, Indoor 3K, Indoor 5K. You were on the Indoor DMR team. Then Outdoors, it was the 1500 and the 10K. Did you also set the cross-country record? I know cross-country records are a little bit arbitrary, but yep, that cross-country. So, I mean, there was that's seven records plus the All-American title. Indoors, you won a conference title in the 3K to go along with that cross-country title. Outdoors. You won the 1500 and the 5K. Another legendary photo of you crossing the finish line with, you know, both hands up. Just, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think you could write a better season than what you did.
1: I guess not. I mean that that answers it right there. There's no, no, no better season. We've left uh, Munir speechless.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I man, perfect season. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Money of all, I mean, we'll transition to kind of your, your current, you know, training and racing here in a little bit, but all those races, high school, college, um, a lot of winning, a lot of records and all that. Um, what, what would you say is give us like your, your top three most meaningful or favorite, you know, races, the the three races that, that you think you'll remember the most high school and college.
2: Oh, man. Uh let's see. I'd probably say the 3k at the indoor conference, that would be one of them. Um the All-American race from cross country. Yeah. That would be another one. What would be my next one?
1: EDC 4x8. EDC, EDC, EDC record. 4x8. Two years in a row. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's going to be, yeah. We'll give you four. My third one. Yeah.
1: I I always like asking that question because, you know, for me, at, at one point in my career, some, of uh, some of my like top five most memorable races were just random races that I, I felt I competed really well, or I was really happy with how like I ran strategically. Like they weren't even like PRs or like, big you know wins but they were more like wow the the circumstance around you know what I accomplished here you know makes what I was able to accomplish you know more more meaningful or whatever so uh it it, it's always interesting to to hear you know a lot of times I'd say you know some people's most memorable races aren't even ones that they've they've won or PR'd in so um yeah
2: yeah um I guess I chose those three you know Starting with the three thousand. Um, I think for me that was one memorable because I took second in the five k the day before, and that kind of fueled me up for this race. Um,
1: yeah,
2: you know Maddie and I talked about the five k and what it was going to take to win it, but I made a mistake and I lost the race. And as soon as I finished the race, she came up to me. I was like, "I'm winning the three k tomorrow." Yeah, and that's all I said, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah you called your great. shot mm. i remember watching your last race i had the live stream pulled up we were really hoping that you were going to qualify for outdoor nationals and it was a, a tough night on the uw was it lacrosse that you ran at yep yeah and like that was just a wild race like people were dropping out left and right and the whole time it's like where's Munir?" like we wanted to make it and and unfortunately you didn't and you could have hung your hat on like the most illustrious career ever at Concordia. Like that could have been the end of the story, but what's so cool. And that we're seeing more and more from some North Dakota athletes is you've chosen to keep going and to keep training. And you've been part of team Lake effect. We'll talk about that here in a moment, but did you know that you were going to keep training post collegiately? Was that something that was decided after that last race or what were your Kind of goals and aspirations for running after you graduated.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I knew I was gonna run after college. You know, I was having some goals in my in my head, you know, in the back of my head. But um, you know, Lake Effect was um, established uh, in twenty twenty one, and Tom has been talking to me about joining the Lake Effect team even before I graduated, and so I had that in the back of my mind. But um, I knew I was gonna compete after.
1: is it, you think it's mostly just like a desire to, uh, like reach your, your full potential? Uh, is it just like, like we've been talking about kind of the whole time? Is it, is it more so just like the community that you feel in running? What do you think is the driving
2: force behind, uh, the- uh yeah, the community yeah. is definitely, uh, a part of it. Uh, and just reading my limit. I think that's another thing I I wanted to see, how far I can go and how fast I can run, you know, when all is said and done. Um, yeah, that's why I'm running still.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the first race you did in the Lake Effect jersey for the team?
2: First race that I did was uh, Turkey Trout in 2022, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Downtown. That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Just Turkey trot debut. Yes. <laughs> did you win?
1: so when you're two two time two time turkey trot champion or have you have you won that race more than this year and last year
2: just twice you know defended my title from last year all right we got it you got to keep the streak going so i'll try so (laughs)
0: prior to club cross this past weekend what was the biggest race you'd competed in for team like effect
2: The biggest race would be um, the Minnesota State Championship. Um, It was basically all the clubs in Minnesota um, that competed together. Um, We won that race as a team, but that was my biggest race before that. Mm -hmm.
0: And how did you place individually at that one?
2: I was fourth, I want to say. Yeah, I think I was fourth. Okay, yeah.
0: And that was, let's see, was that just last month? Was that November or was that even earlier?
2: Yep, it was November 5th
0: okay so then like after that one the big big one on the calendar was this last weekend the u.s club cross championships which there's been a lot of really good runners and really good teams that have yeah. participated in that so just even before we talk about how the race went what were your emotions getting ready and preparing for it and i guess maybe even a better question how did you prepare yourself for it
2: yeah um it's been a long buildup uh, for this race. Um I think I've been training for it for the last, I don't know, three, four months. But um, as a team, we have this goal of getting ready and going there and competing as a team just from past years. Um I had that goal in my mind and I just kept practicing and training and getting ready for the race with the team.
1: Yeah, that that the club club cross is is really cool i mean uh, i know like tin man has gone you know quite a few years ago they've gone and and competed and then like this year i know like minnesota distance elite was there uh was was like joe was joe minor williams at the yeah. race yeah and then, like murga Gameda, you know both both summit league runners were there racing um so it, it really is kind of a cool mix of like guys who are, who are doing it professionally, uh, in some manner. And then a lot of other, you know, athletes like, like yourself or, you know, Ryan, you know, like the, the guys who, who have jobs and, and they're just like training, just trying to find like their limit. Uh, it's always, always a race that I've wanted to, uh, to, to make my way to. So maybe, maybe I'll get fit enough. Maybe I can make the roster for like effect next year.
2: Yes. Let's go.
1: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Is, so, uh, don't... go ahead, Ryan. No, 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 no. I
0: want to hear yours Cam. All
1: right. Well, I was, I was just going to say like right now, money, it seems like, you know, you have kind of your schedule is falling kind of the same as you would see, you know, uh, a collegiate schedule, you know, you're, you're still running cross country races. Uh, are you going to go to the track now indoor season and then shoot for some track outdoor stuff? Or are you going to do most of your racing on the roads? Uh, are we, are we going the marathon trajectory where, where are the goals kind of, uh, with the, we'll call it the professional career.
2: Um, I definitely will do some track races, but, um, I'm still deciding, um, if I should race um, the next USDA cross country championship, uh, that's oh, in yeah. January. Yeah. So yeah, I'm still deciding if I should do that or just get ready for indoor track
0: purely as a fan, I think you should do it. Like cross. knowing nothing yeah. about your training block, knowing <laughs> nothing about how you're feeling personally. I, I just want to see you do it. So that's my <laughs> two cents.
2: Okay. <laughs> is uh
1: is the is the USATF cross it, it it would be 10K again or
2: yep it's a 10K I think. Okay.
1: And would this one be like a qualifier for like is there a Pan Am cross country or something like that?
2: Yeah. So I think they'll select six people to represent the uh, the world team, and then two people to go in the relay team. Yeah,
1: dude, that would go. be that would be so epic. It Minus would y. be, why yeah. not? Where where is that race at?
2: It will be in Virginia, like Richmond, Virginia. Okay,
1: is that the at the same course that like NCAA's was at? Do you know, or is that? am i totally off on that
2: i i'm not sure i can't yeah. say i
0: think it might be different
1: but either way yeah it doesn't you know it doesn't matter what course it's on you know you just go and beat people right
2: money yeah and that's <laughs> yeah. what we do right <laughs> for sure
0: i do want to hear a little bit about so club cross like fifth place is no joke like Can you just recap that race a little bit for us and tell us how it went?
2: Yeah, um, just a highlight of the race, I guess. You know, it was 70 degrees, hot and humid. But um, going into the race, uh, we had a plan of going out slow, you know, at least through the 5K mark, and then pushing up from there. Um, I did exactly that. Um, I went out pretty slow. I think I was in 46th or 45th place through the K, um, I, I made small moves as the race went on, but I didn't really make a big move until 5k. Um, I just kept pushing and picking up people as the race went on. And then from 8k to 10k, was just, it was a solo race from there it was, you know, the top five were, you know, all spread out, you know, and then the chase pack was probably 10 to 15 seconds behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did
0: you like. Could you have asked for much more like in your club cross debut or how did you like if you had to grade it like A, B, C, D, where would you put that race?
2: It was probably A, I would say um, my toughest race to this day, I would say um, it's my first 10K and I have never heard that bad before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those last two Ks, I was I was somewhere, you know. Uh, but I knew I had to just push to the finish, um, and I didn't even know I was in fifth place because you know it was a four four loop you know course. So we were lapping people. I didn't even know exactly what place I was, but I was yeah. like, I just gotta push. Yeah, <laughs> I I was hurting really bad. Um, you know, every time I push myself to that next limit, I usually like puke or throw up after race, and that's exactly what I did as soon as I <laughs> crossed the line. I was looking for the guy can. I was like, where is it? <laughs> but that was probably an A grade for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome.
1: Okay. I have uh I have one question kind of just about Lake Effect. And then I have some other uh kind of last random things that I just want to touch on. So uh so my lake effect question. So you're you're still here in Fargo, uh you're helping out with the Cobber, you know, tracking cross country team. Uh, you know, training with them and, and coaching and, and working, uh, but you represent lake effect, which is, you know, Tom Cedarquist, we mentioned him a couple times, uh, based like in Duluth are the members on the team kind of spread out across Minnesota in the region. Uh, is there any sort of like cohesive training that you guys are doing together or is it all kind of individual training? And then you guys just link up for, for race day.
2: Um. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but uh, most of the members are down in the loose. Um, there is five members down here in Fargo, um, including me. But um, even as a team, we're all training for different events. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, most time, uh, most people are training for marathons or have marathons. And then I'm here training for, you know, 10Ks and 5Ks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we do meet up um, when workouts link, you know, or work out together. Um, long runs, uh, we do those together. Um, we also do have uh, a camp in the summer where we train together for like a week. Oh,
1: cool. Yeah. Did you say there's five of you guys here in town?
2: Yep. Who? You and who else? Me, Eric, Caleb, um, John, and Leo. I don't know if you would know. You met John before, right? John. Jonathan. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe, yeah, but um, five of us: Leo, you know Leo. Yeah, yeah. You know Eric. Yep. Uh, you know me, and then Caleb just moved here from Canada, and then John moved here from Boston. Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. Oh, that's a good good crew. All right, I gotta get fit now. <laughs>
0: Comeback <laughs> season. Yes. Yeah.
1: Hey man, I ran I ran two miles today on the treadmill, at. I don't know. It was under 10 minute pace. We'll just say that. So, I mean, the comeback is strong right now. Let's go. Nice. And yeah. you didn't stop? Uh, I stopped one time for like uh, a minute. But yesterday I ran like a mile and a half straight, which is like my longest continuous run in a while. And then today was like a mile and a quarter straight without stopping. Let's and like go. a month ago, it was probably like I could only make it a quarter mile or a half mile maybe. So yeah. So slow, slow, but you know, we're getting there. Right. Let's go. That's awesome. Winter winter base season. So yep. Okay. Money, my uh my my final maybe Ryan has a couple more questions, but uh my final kind of questions. I'm I'm here on the Concordia page uh in your bio. Uh it just kind of list some of the things that you enjoy um it says that you enjoy video games and wwe so what what is your favorite video game and then just tell us why we should start watching wwe <laughs>
2: yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of wwe um every monday at seven yeah <laughs> amazing yeah um my favorite game is FIFA. I don't know if you play that, but oh yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love FIFA. Um, um, and WWE is just it's just a fun it's fun thing that I, I watch on my downtime. But I also just follow the stories. You know, they're, they're they're entertaining stories. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what's the go? Well, go ahead, Ryan.
0: I was you say, like what was your first experience with WWE? Because I'm just imagining this kid that's been in a refugee camp. You know, for seven years coming to the states and just like you turn on the tv and it's just like the most absurd like pro wrestling do you remember the first time you like got hooked
2: uh not really probably at my friend's house i think you know um uh-huh. i can't remember who it was exactly but um in high school one of my friends you know who we went to their house to hang out and he probably just turned on the TV and it's like, oh, we watch this every Monday and Friday or something like that. It's like, what is it? It's like, oh, you just watch <laughs> yeah. that day. You know, it's like, how are they doing this? You know, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it's just fell in love with it. It is. It is pretty
1: impressive. You know, I feel like it's easy for people to give WWE a hard time, but those guys are athletes. Those guys and girls are athletes and like the the acrobatics and like some of the hits that they take, like it's uh, it's something else. Who's like your favorite, who's your favorite WWE wrestler?
2: Um, right now it's uh, Roman Reigns. Okay.
1: Yeah. Nice. Maybe I'll have to get into it. You Maybe you've convinced me. I don't know if my wife would be too. Yeah, she's probably not, she wouldn't be super into that, you know, but uh, just what I need, another sport to follow, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Who do you play, who do you play as on FIFA? Is there like a go-to team that you you use every time?
2: My go-to team is probably uh, PSG. Yeah. yeah, that's my go-to team.
1: Were you, uh, were you upset when Messi moved to Miami?
2: I I was, but it was a good move for him. You know, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Nice. All right, those are the. Uh... Oh no! Sorry, one more. Uh, it says your favorite food is buffalo chicken mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Is that still true? It is. Oh, yes.
2: And you gotta go to noodles and company. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I love mac and cheese so much, Munir. So going into going into my senior year of college, I had had surgery, and then over the summer, you know, wasn't really able to train and had put on a little bit of weight. And and I was I was talking to my teammates, you know, as I was like getting back into fitness, I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna. I I was just feeling really confident one day. I was like, I'm going to break 410 in the mile this year. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Just watch. And they're like, all right, Cam, but you got to not looking like that. You're not going to break 410 in the mile. And so they were like, listen, you have to stop eating mac and cheese until you break 410 in the mile. No mac and cheese. And so I swore off mac and cheese until I broke 410 in the mile. Sadly, I did not ever break 410 in the mile um but i'm i'm now eating mac and cheese again because i just couldn't resist so uh, you (laughs) broke your promise yeah it almost worked it almost worked but
0: uh, now you gotta stay away from mac and cheese until you can run two miles without stopping
1: (laughs) oh okay all right i'll do that tomorrow watch
0: (laughs) anything for the mac and cheese (laughs) yeah yeah you know it (laughs) oh gosh Munir, the last thing that I have is it's not really a question, but we didn't even talk about how you won the Fargo ten K this last spring.
2: Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It was, it was awesome. Um uh it was a busy day. I I knew I was just gonna do it for fun, but um I showed up to the line and then, you know, alongside me came uh what's his name? Tyson, mm-hmm. you know, from NDSU and he was like Let's just run this together. It's like okay, um, the course record was I think thirty one forty something. It's like yeah, five fifteen or something is the pace for the course record. I was like okay, let's just do that. You know, just we just you know went out for tempo. You know, we we're talking until mile four, I think, and then we just shut it off and we went off for it. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, it was. Was it like one of those things? Every high school kid's dream is like you're nervous before a race and you go, Guys, 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 let's just like all walk across the finish line together. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know if you guys yeah. were ever on the start line of races and they'd say that, but I was yeah. plenty of time. Be like, Guys, 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 we'll just all slow down. <laughs> we'll walk across at the exact same time. Like, we'll all win. So yeah. It sounds like it was kind of like that. Like, dude, we'll just run it together. Yeah. But, uh, the fart before him made it sound like it was, you know, neck and neck. And the last second you were just like, psych, I'm taking the dub. Yep, that's
2: exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> the last <laughs> the last 400 maybe, I think I just took off. I was like, oh, sorry, Tyson. <laughs> He's like, dude, I thought we were walking across the finish line together.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, when you're, when you're had to start is, you know, it, these are his roads you know he's not going to lose to a guy from east grand forks like come
2: on That's Fargo, you know. yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man well munir it was so good to have you on the podcast yeah. it's been way too long and what's so exciting though is since you know you're still competing i want to hear it. maybe we can get you on after you race uh us cross i'm like just already speaking it into existence as if you're doing (laughs) it but you know whether it is us cross or whether you wait to start until you know later with indoor track season let's get you on again for sure and get some updates because your story is incredible and and you just keep finding ways to get the job done so thanks for coming on
2: yeah no thank you Um, i'm glad uh, to be here and thank you for this opportunity
1: yeah money uh thanks as always always good to chat with you uh you're, you're a great athlete you're a great person uh great fan of the sport you've been a, a a huge supporter of us in the podcast as well so we we really appreciate that and uh yeah like ryan said you know we we thought we might have missed the window you know when we didn't get you on the pod after uh you know your success in college, but. Uh, thankfully the the good times just keep rolling and so uh, we had opportunity to have you on here and uh, hope to have you on again in the future
2: yeah that's sweet that would be that'd be great